Hello. Hey, Doss. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I was a little little concerned about how this was gonna work out because <laughs> um, it was playing whole music in the back of my oh, well, was it? the back. But yeah, like I was sitting, I'm like, where is this music coming from? And yeah, so it was just it was it was kind of smoothing and relaxing. It sounded like I was on the phone with the uh, with the bill collector. <laughs> Not bill collector. You could have said anything. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> I, you know what? I might leave that on the show. I just might do that. But that's what it sounded like. I was like, huh, this is interesting. I feel you. So, well, we can go ahead and get started. Um, that's my dog trotting in the background, okay. trying to get somewhere where he uh, will stop bothering me. But he's just excited to see me. So that's usually how it is. Well, that's always with, with our uh, fur babies. Yeah. yeah, he's excited like 24 7. Mm-hmm. If I get out the bed in the middle of the night, he just he's up. He's like, Where are we going? I'm like, Hey, man, I'm just going going to the restroom. Like, <laughs> you don't have to, to follow me here. Then he'll sit there and wait. And then oh, if yeah. I go down the steps, he, yeah, he's he's something else. So he's looking at me now. Come on, man. Come on. Just sit right here. Just right here. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, first, uh, welcome to the playlist. Um, this is the very first one. I'm, I'm excited about this. Well, congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. So let me let the listeners know who you are. This is Kaja Steele. She is the, you got a lot of hats. I'll just put it like that. You know, so you... and those hats change <laughs> every day. It just depends on what I'm called called to do. So, yeah. I, 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 I noticed. I noticed. <laughs> so it's all so you, uh, you, uh, you are a manager Mm-hmm. a uh, record exec mm-hmm. are you still in the music or are you not in the music anymore? only when called upon it's it's more along okay. the lines of uh consultation now so if anybody okay. wants to okay. reach out and they have questions regarding the music industry or you know right. i'm always open to that so i never shy away from it i stay okay um you know i stay on the on how the music industry has has changed and I kind of keep up to date with that so if anybody has any right. questions but yeah it's like I said it's more consultation based now okay mm-hmm. okay okay and you were at one point in time an A&R of I guess a record label that's non-existent I'm not going to say the name but oh well, yeah and then I have that. my own and right um, I remember that yeah so it, you know as the times changed just certain situations happen and are phased out and and you right. just continue to to move on but it's all love in every situation okay. mm-hmm. I, I definitely understand that all love because I'm kind of in a similar boat with with my situations because um, mm-hmm. you know I was on one label yep and I left that on my own accord because I thought I was going into a better situation and then when I graduated college I just kind of stopped with music but I kept DJing yeah and the DJ thing was here and there but then it kind of picked up and then the pandemic kind of hurt it. So yeah. <laughs> I think that so, I think the pandemic just slapped a lot of us in the face, you know, initially. And then um, but a lot of people have been able to use this time to actually just come out better than what their previous right. situations were. So I, you know, I give kudos to anybody who has been able to um, come out on the other side on this and actually be doing better. Uh, with their, yeah, with their business. I've noticed a lot of DJs have been picked up from mm-hmm. uh, from doing that, and DJ Cassidy is one of them. He mm-hmm. uh, 
actually my parents put me on to him i was like who is that and they said <laughs> oh, just right. sit down and watch him because they know I, they they support me on the dj aspect they didn't really yeah. support me too much on the music aspect but they supported me on everything else i was like well i like the rap too uh let, what's wrong with that so <laughs> but know. um nah but but here's your uh here's your lights uh if you need any equipment i'm like really where was this at when I wanted a studio, but anyway, um, but yeah, uh, they, they <laughs> set me down and showed me a YouTube video of DJ Cassidy. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was, I liked it. I was like, man, I wish we could do something like that here for St. Louis artists. Yeah. But then I, I started thinking, I was like, who would really be involved with that though? It would and- require you or somebody who is really serious about it. And I can see it happening. So it, you have to set the intention. And that, and that just applies yeah, to anybody. Just set the intention. Like I said, whether it's you or someone else, be serious about it. Put the time and effort in it and know that it's not going to be a cakewalk. Right. And, uh, and meet all the challenges head on and we should be all right. See, already dropping gems. <laughs> already dropping the gems on the, on the podcast. <laughs> the first episode. That's why I asked you. Um, well, I appreciate it, you know, because like oh. and like you said, you've you've gone through a, a musical journey in which I've been um, had the opportunity to actually witness, and and you see so much growth um, with you and so many other people that we are mutual friends with, right? And um, yeah, and I'm just proud of all of you all. I'm proud of every appreciate single one of you. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to kind of branch out on my own away from. Um, my family, as I call them, yeah. um, there's still love there, but I was like, well, I'm going to have to do something on my own because obviously it's not necessarily that things weren't going to pan out. I was just like, yeah, I got to do my own thing because they're okay. going in one direction. So, and, that, yeah, and, that's, and that's always okay. Um, so long as the, the respect is there, the love is there, um, right. and they have an understanding of what it is that you're trying to accomplish, then everything else is great. Oh, uh, they they definitely understand. I haven't told them about the podcast just yet because I kind of wanted to do something to where I branch out and get different aspects of a different variety of people on here instead of just it's always music. I mm-hmm. want to get politicians, mm-hmm. activists. Like I'm I'm trying to do a lot with this. So and, and, you, I, I and you'll get it, it done. Already. You get it done. I already got one. Uh, I got one politician in mind already. He's he's well known, um, and I'm probably gonna ask him for a favor too. I'm not gonna say too much about it, but I'm gonna ask him for a favor, see if I can't get this other person on there. Um, that's that's a short term goal. Long term goal. Um, I recently started listening to more podcasts, and mm. I'm wanting to get um, the guys from all the smoke. Um, Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson. Like yeah. I, I would love to get them yeah. on here because one, Stephen Jackson. Um, you don't hear a lot of people say Stephen Jackson. You're a fan of Stephen Jackson, but I was a fan of Stephen Jackson when I <laughs> when I watched him play for the Spurs. I was like, I don't know who he is, but he's giving. And my favorite player is Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, like he's giving Kobe Bryant some buckets right now, and I don't like this, <laughs> but he's so dope. I'm like, man, if he could become a Laker, oh man. It's like, like you know, done. it's just one of those unsung heroes in a in a sense. Right. Um, you, you're right. We wouldn't have normally gravitated to him just because at the time there were just other names out there. But you're right. Right. I agree with you with that. 
he was good at what he did. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. Matt Barnes, um, I liked him, but I didn't like him in NBA 2K. And if I ever get a chance <laughs> to meet him, I'm going to tell him that because anytime I tried to shoot with him in the game, I couldn't make it. But I would watch him on TV. I was like, now, why you won't do this for me? When I'm playing people, like, you I gotta, need you, you to gotta do that. blame the creators of 2K for that. That's not him. Oh, I am gonna blame them. I'm gonna blame, blame him. him. I'm gonna say, hey, That's y'all, so, this this is a living <laughs> roster update. If he makes it in the game, you gotta allow him to make that shot too. That's true. I'm gonna say that. That's true. Um, but yeah, so um, like I said, you've got a lot of hats, and you you started doing acting and voiceover work. What uh, got you yeah. into that? Yeah. Um, you know what? It's interesting because I'm one who naturally gravitates to the back is like I'm, mm-hmm. it's easy for me to be you know actually behind the scenes and right. and just know that I'm moving things around um and making other people look good but it was just certain things that just kept pulling me to the front the more I was okay. trying to hide in the back just certain opportunities would present itself and I'm like huh here I am again in front of the camera okay here I am Somebody wants me to do some speaking thing or whatever. And I'm like, okay, um, maybe this is something that I can manage myself in, uh, if that makes sense. So before I even jumped out with acting and and voiceover work, I took the time to, um, you know, study it as a craft to actually appreciate it. And I actually went to classes first, did classes Um, and then started on the local circuit as far as going to stlauditions.com, in which I started doing a lot of work, student work, you know, student films. Okay. Which uh, people have a lot of projects. Uh, shout out to Webster University who keeps producing great, uh, you know, filmmakers. But right. um, yeah, so I just made sure I just dotted some I's and crossed some T's. It, it was never a, hey, I can act. Let me get out there and just start doing it. No, I respect the craft too much. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, and some part of me always wanted to do it, but I was like, ah, I just feel more comfortable being behind the camera. And like I said, just respected it a little bit more, studied it more, and then made that leap and started acting. So I mean, it's, yeah. let me see. Um, it's been about five or six years that okay. I've been going at this and giving it a hundred percent. And so, and I'm seeing it and it takes a while too. Like there's no overnight success. You're going to stumble. You're um, it's just now that I'm starting to get, you know, auditions in front of big casting directors for major network television. So it's, it's coming along. It's coming along. So, and the voiceover work wasn't until, recently that I actually started really booking okay. at the top of this year. So just know everybody has a moment. Everybody has their time. Um, right. And I just had this conversation with somebody the other day, like you, you're, you're going to have your moments. You're going to have your time, which everything looks like it's just successful for you. And then you're going to have some downtime, which is like, nothing's working. You're not <sighs> booking anything. Nothing's right. coming your way. Or, but but you got to look at it this way too. You're not going to always see Meryl Streep or Viola Davis. It's something right. every single year. Same thing with, uh, you know, name a, a big name actor. You're not going to see them all the time. But right. in this um, industry, just note that 
as artists, we're always working, whether it's working on the craft, whether we're studying, um, e- even, well, you should be studying even if you're not working. But yeah, it, it comes in circles. It comes in circles. So this time it's just now everything is starting to mesh and it's pulling together and you're probably seeing me a little bit more. That's dope, I put it, I, Yeah, I put in the work. And so now it's finally paying off. That's that's dope. Because yeah, yeah. I, it feels like you've been doing voiceover work longer than the top of this year. Because when you said that, I was like, wow, that's mm-hmm. that's recent, recent. No, so. that's recent, recent. It's just that <laughs> I've been doing it. It's just that I haven't been called into, um, I just haven't been booking for whatever reason. And then now when people see you out there and they start seeing your work or hearing your work in this case, um, now you're at the top of everybody's mind. And they're like, oh yeah, let's go get Kasia. You there? Yep, I'm here. Okay, yeah, I lost you for a second. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so no, it's, it's just, um, you, you stay at the top of people's minds when you start booking. Mm-hmm. And when projects start coming along, and um, that's typically what happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely know that feeling because uh, when I was at the height of, well, what I would say my height for DJing, it was I want to say maybe the year or so right before the very last Conscious Fest. Um, that year uh, twenty, yeah. want to say twenty eighteen, I had did an event. I had did two events a month. No matter what it what it was, I was getting an event. Mm-hmm. And after Conscious Fest, which really was the pan, was it the pandemic? It was. It was the pandemic. That was the exact. No, that wasn't the same year. Not that Conscious Fest. The Conscious Fest before that one. Okay, before that my, one. Okay. Yeah, I got my time wrong. So I had um 2018. I was doing a lot of events. Um. But then I relocated for a few months mm-hmm. and then I came back. That relocation period, that hurt because if I would have just stayed here, mm-hmm. um, I would have just kept DJing and kept like I had a club in uh, East St. Louis. Um, the owner there is a good friend. Well, he was a good friend of a good friend of mine. And so she hooked me up with him as far as uh, doing like a New Year's Eve party. But the mm. night before New Year's Eve, he had me come and audition. And I just used his laptop and he had a DJ program on his laptop. Oh, okay. and, he, and he was like, man, um, if you want to stay back there, you can. Like, you got the crowd moving and you're doing better than I thought you would do. So, yeah, you know what? Just stay back there. I'll pay you for your time. I'm like, bet. Mm. I was just here to check the place out. But, yeah, I'll go ahead and and I'll do that. And so... After that, he was like, man, I would love for you to help me grow this place back. And I'm always about growing and helping others. Yeah. And yeah. so I was with it. Um, even though he had slow times, I still went there and I took it as an opportunity to network and I could practice. Okay. And so sense. I did I did that. I networked. Um, I actually, I believe, what's the escape? Escape came that same year to St. Louis, and um, we had the after party. Oh, okay. And they came there, and that was as packed as it has ever been. Like, it's a very small club, but we probably had a good 100 people in there. 50 people would have packed it out, 
but it was mm. well over 50 people in there because they had people outside waiting. We had people inside. We had VIP lounges and we had people in the back waiting. So it was three of them. I can't remember who I think Candy wasn't there. But as soon as they walked in, I could see Tiny walking in the front door. I was like, they're here. And then I realized why they called her tiny. And I was like, I got to, I got, I was like, cause, cause she is really tiny. I thought she was taller than that. Like yeah. I figured she was short, but she is like under five feet. Five well, I think one. she has to be because even when she stands next to uh, T.I. And you know, he's not that tall. That's right. He's so not. I, yeah. So I've, I've always imagined her being, you know, as short as that, but yeah. And he's what, like five, six, five, seven? Maybe. I might give him that. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Maybe. Wow, that's something. Um, and he's one of my favorite artists. I feel like I should know that, but I don't because I don't really care about his physical uh, traits. Well, I, 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 yeah, I, w- <laughs> so, I would get that. <laughs> I'm, glad I, I'm glad I clarified that because I, I would get that. I, I, know like, okay, I know what you okay, meant. Okay, 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 cool. Um, but yeah, so she walked in and I didn't get a chance to get from behind the booth and say anything. And when they left, I was like, damn, I really wanted that moment just to have a picture and say, yeah, I really did this just to have it in the archive. I'll get that chance again one day. You will. You will. So I'm all about speaking things into existence. It'll happen. Um, and consistency is key. Once you allow yeah. that to happen, you're going to see start. You're going to see things start to roll in for you. It's just, you know, it's like the law of averages. Keep doing it and eventually right. it'll come your way. Right. Mm-hmm. Dang. Another gym. Thank you. You should start a book of gyms. That'll be your next hat. <laughs> book of gyms. <laughs> so, um, I got you. But since I mentioned East St. Louis, um, mm-hmm. I guess I can segue into your current project, um, 1917 East St. Louis, which mm-hmm. it caught my eyes because, like I, I tell everybody, since I lived over here, and I used to be a technician for uh, Spectrum. And that's when my love for East St. Louis kind of grew. Hmm. So what made you want to highlight the uh, 1917 East St. Louis riots? Um, it started out with a family connection. So um, okay. I haven't really put it out there too much. And I'll start implementing that in the, um, in the social media. But I still wanted it to be about East St. Louis as a whole. Right. But I am a direct descendant of survivors of the 1917 East St. Louis um, massacre, mm-hmm. riot, race war. Um, mm. My family has always referred to it as a race war. But it, it was. Yeah, it, it basically was. So it was just that and hearing that in the family. Um, and, my, and shout out to my cousin, Thadi Kennedy, who started the... Um, I guess bringing all of this to the attention back in 1997. It okay. just so happens that as times changed and social media was introduced and things of that nature, um, we've been able to take this information and put it in one spot, you know, especially the internet. Right. And, but no, my interest comes from my family connection okay. and how we made our way over here to St. Louis. Um, my great grandfather, Norval Kennedy, actually lost his life on July 2nd at the hands of an angry white mob. Wow. After he fought for close to six hours along with other black men of the uh, community right, to keep this mob away from the black community within East St. Louis. 
Um, while that was happening, most of the women and children were trying to escape East St. Louis. Um, just think of like the Underground Railroad. Right. Where there, but think of like different spots within East St. Louis where you would get to one spot safely, then you had to get to another spot safely to get over to the river. So um, my great grandmother, Catherine Kennedy, took herself and their eight children and had to create a makeshift raft. And this raft mm-hmm. was made out of burnt, pieces of burnt down buildings and, you mm-hmm. know, and wood, put that together. And she and her eight children had to cross the Mississippi River in the middle of the evening. Wow. So imagine her trying to hold that together, hold her children together and get across that river safely. So, you know, it, it took the help of a community mm-hmm. to get them across the river. Um, unfortunately, she died shortly thereafter at the age of 34. Wow. Leaving um, all eight children, you know, as orphans. And they were split up. Uh, you know, three kids went here, two kids went here, the rest went with another family member. So that's my family connection to it as well. Okay. So it just started off wanting to make sure that we preserve that information within our family. But as right. I dug deeper, I was like, you know what, this is bigger than us. It's bigger than, and than us. And you look at other stories that came out of that historic or horrific evening. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, the world needs to know this. Like yeah. this can't yeah. be, you know, all a blip in history, especially as far as the history within in this area on on this side and on the east side. Right. There's a connection there. Is a is is it ugly? Yes. Does it need to be discussed? Yes. These are conversations that need to be had, and because that's the only way we're going to fix anything. And if you look at East St. Louis now, it really never recovered. It hasn't. Not at all. People down there, they know. Um, So uh, what happened with me, um, I actually met a few people down there. Mm -hmm. You know, the the perception is that the people of East St. Louis don't care about it, which is I quickly learned that's false. (laughs) That's that's absolutely false. Um, So and actually, even before I started working with Spectrum, uh, when I first moved over here, I was trying to find a barber mm-hmm. and I was like, it can't be like a guy from great clips or anything like that. They got <laughs> to know how to cut hair. Right. No. Well, that's all you see over here really uh. is great clips. I'm like, I can't go there. No, um, don't do that to yourself. So um, <laughs> I went, my, my mother, um, when she was living with me, she found a spot down the street from our apartment. So I went there. Mm. Um, haven't been to that guy in years. Cause he messed up my hair the second time. Um, but the first time when I went there, he uh, he was cutting my hair. He received a phone call from someone from East St. Louis. I can't remember if it was a politician mm-hmm. or if it was just a lobbyist. Um, but he got that phone call. And um, when he got off, I, he was like, yeah, that was a guy from East St. Um, he was talking to me about trying to make some changes down there. Mm-hmm. And of course, I got intrigued. So I asked him. I said, "What kind of changes are you uh, trying to get down there?" I'm I'm curious and can't remember all that he said. But the first thing that he said to me was, "East St. Louis is the way it is because the politicians don't care about it." And of course, I hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. But he was telling me things like, 
the cops, they don't really do their job. They just kind of drive around. Um, mm -hmm. They pocket all the money. Politicians pocket all the money. And then he said they uh, cut the lights off on purpose. I was like, what do you mean they cut the lights off? And then he asked me, he said, you know why it's always dark down there? I said, yeah, I always wondered why almost every other street it was mm -hmm. dark. And then he said, they cut the lights off at a certain time so they can save money on the electric bill. I was like, what? Mm -hmm. And he said, man, it's it's true. And I started, I didn't do too much digging, but a year before that, I had just watched the uh, Pruitt Igo documentary. Yeah. And I remembered the same thing happened there and i was like wow yeah that's 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 crazy and after he told me that all of this stuff just cut, kept coming out in the news like the mm -hmm. original police chief he uh he got i don't want to use a word indicted he may have just been let go but they caught him um every like drug bust or case he would give all his detectives I want to say close to a thousand dollars, and at the time the video game system was an Xbox 360. Mm. So he would give them Xbox 360s and and money, and I'm like, that stuff's supposed to be in evidence. Like you you don't pocket drug money. I mean, well, we know they well, yeah, we know we that. know they do that, but <laughs> but still, like you're not really supposed to do that. I was like, that's crazy. And then two years later, I met a lady down there. And um, I can't remember the name of the exact projects, but it's right there, I want to say, near Martin Luther King. And, um, you know, me, I'm a new tech at Spectrum, so I'm not really knowing how to take the shortcuts that I know how to take now yeah. and still make it look good. So I explained to the lady I needed a letter of permission to drill, and this is how I wanted to run her outlets. So she went to the office, talked to him, and she came back. She said, they're not going to give me a letter of permission. They want you to just tack lines up across the walls. I was like, but that looks that looks tacky. Like, why would they want to do that? And she said, because they don't give a damn about us down here. And when she said that, like, I almost dropped everything in my hands. I was like, damn, that's so these people know it, but they are still proud to be from there. As they should be. And yeah, I was like, I tell people all the time, I'm like, I go to East St. Louis. Do I feel uncomfortable in certain spots? Yeah, because I have memories from that spot. Mm -hmm. But I feel more safe being in East St. Louis because I understand it now. Yeah. I feel more safe being in East St. Louis than I do in my own neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I never thought I'd say that. And people look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, yeah, because you go to East St. Louis, is there things happening? Yeah, but it's usually because someone started something with that person. It's yeah, not it's, you're it's going not down random. There to, right. Whereas in St. Louis, I love my city. It's very random. Oh, I know. So, <laughs> I've so I, you, you know, I've witnessed it as well. And, right. um, you know, as East St. Louisans, they should be very proud of where they come from. Um, be very proud of, of what they've been able to um, withstand as far right. as it, the current circumstances that they're going through and anybody who has been successful and has come out of that area you know I applaud you because you know you have the odds stacked against you over yeah. there and historically East St. Louis from a, a, a political standpoint has always been corrupted so if you mm. see things now all it is is just a reflection of what East St. Louis used to be.
Right, right. That's all it is. It's just corruption after corruption after corruption, you know, uh, and things of that nature. So one day maybe it'll it'll get cleaned up, but I'm not surprised at anything that may be going on over there right now um, from a political standpoint or, or police officers or whatever may be going on over there. But to your point, as feeling safe, like I've been frequenting over there as well. I've visited where my grandfather, you know, grew up over there before he, you know, on that evening had to cross the river. And mm-hmm. I'm just seeing these areas and, um, yeah, it's, it's sometimes I, I, I feel all right. I feel comfortable over there to your point. Right. Uh, I, I don't fear anything. And, and now people are kind of, <laughs> when they see me coming over there, they know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And they know that I'm trying to tell a story. And locals from there, they were like, yo, you got, you know, my backing a thousand percent. You know, please tell this story. Let the world know what's, what happened here. You know, yeah. So, you know, yeah, I've, I've gotten a lot of residents' blessings. Okay. Um, yeah. To tell the story. And I want to tell it right. I want to give the facts. I'm, I want to make sure that the things that were intentionally omitted get told. So that's, that's my goal. That's my goal with the social media, uh, with the Facebook page and Instagram mm-hmm. page of 1917 East St. Louis with the intention of doing a documentary from my family's perspective and the event as a whole. So that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm working up to. That's interesting because um, there was time. There was a time where, and I got a good friend from East St. Louis. Actually, I got a few good friends from East St. Louis. They live over here now, but mm-hmm. um, there was a time where I wanted to actually highlight some things from there. I was like, man, it would be dope to do a documentary and just sit down with people from East St. Louis just mm-hmm. so they could tell their story about not necessarily what you're talking about, but why they're still here. Yeah. Because I remember yeah. um, I was in the middle of a shooting. Um, and I tell people that all the time. Um, as a tech, I was in the middle of a shooting. And about 30 minutes later, that person was actually killed. Mm. Um, but the house I was at, I went back inside just to be safe. And I asked the lady, I said, ma'am, why won't you move? Like, why do you want to stay here if that happens in front of your house all the time Mm. and she said i don't want to give up my house i love it i was like wow and i I believe that house has been in her family for a long time um her son has a house in shiloh um so he probably he might keep it i'm not sure and i don't even know if she's still alive because she was i want to say she was well into her 70s around that time Mm -hmm. and not to wish that on anyone but we know that it's a blessing it's really a blessing to live each day um but the older you get we all know our time is numbered um so i mean she may she you know what she might still be alive i mean i've had customers that are like 96 and march with dr king Mm. and then i've had customers that were in their 90s and i go back the next year or two years later and of course they're no longer there yeah they passed right so i mean she May as well be still be there. I haven't been in that area in 
I want to say a year because uh, well, you know who accurate is. Um, me and yeah. him, yeah. me and him went down there to hand out uh supplies during um the pandemic when it was kind of slowing down a little bit last year. I want to say it was around this time. Yeah. Um, he actually lives down the street from me, so we just went down there and kind of passed out uh bottles of water to anybody that needed anything. We went down there, and he was just kind of explaining to me his his roots because if I remember correctly, he's from new york or he's been to new york one of the two but um he was like yeah i used to always be in east saint and mm-hmm. we just kind of went to everywhere that he went his mom is she lives real close to east saint so it was um it was a dope experience um but yeah that was the last time i've actually been down there and just kind of hung out because we did hang out okay um, so he took me to a spot right there by uh I was about to say Johnny Flint's, but it's Larry Flint. Um, <laughs> you changed his name, whole name. <laughs> I did, I did. But he took me to this this place that had food. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like right outside of there. Um, he took me there. He said he used to run deliveries for them. So um, we went there, and she fed me for free on his accord. She just, he was just like, yeah, he's good. He with me. So mm-hmm. food was good. Of course, most of the restaurants down there are pretty good. Nobody knows about it, but most of the food down there is pretty good. So, I mean, if I want actual barbecue, that's where I will that's go. That's where you go. Yeah, because I'm down the street from um from uh not uh Sugar Fire. I'm down the street from there, and I mean they're good, but it ain't barbecue. It's, okay. It's it's corporate America barbecue. That's Basically. what I that's what I call it. Um, they're that's, okay, I, but I, that's what that's who you get if you just have a you know an event and you just right. need it catered real quick and yeah right so yeah but um but yeah i always I went, go for the hole in the walls yeah uh big mama's is right <laughs> off of 64 that's right mm, big mama's and, uh, okay yeah i'm gonna have to uh try yeah that. they're they're pretty good my supervisor when i was at spectrum he um he used to pull up on me all the time at every job and i hated it i'm like man why are you here <laughs> and he was like i'm just checking on you making sure you're good i'm like you know i'm good he said well try this out it was a uh, snoop and I was like, man, I ain't eating that. What's up with you? And he said, you'll like it. He was mm. right. I liked it. Mm. I won't get it again, but uh, uh. he was right. I liked it. I was like, wow, yeah. this is uh, this ain't bad. He, I said, where did you get this from? Big Mamas. No, oh, Big Mamas. Okay. So I was I'm like, checking. all right. I'm going to check out Big Mama. Um, but yeah, so I'm not going to keep speaking too much about that. We'll go. We'll go into the playlist, um, mm-hmm. which is the name of the podcast. So we might as well go into it. Um, so like I said, I, I asked you for the four songs um, mm-hmm. and we'll break each one down uh, one at a time. So what is your first song, the song from your childhood? OK, so the song from my childhood is a tie. OK, can okay. I do that? So I'm kind yeah, of breaking the rules. That's that's fine. I mean, okay. music is music. <laughs> so, so uh, the two songs that resonated with me, and it probably is because of the artistry behind it, uh-huh. um, and the and they were entertainers, okay. and they were brother and sister. So you had Janet Jackson and Michael Jackson. I knew Janet, you was going to say that. <laughs> Janet Jackson, uh, her song, it was all right, uh-huh. and then Michael Jackson, it was bad, and you couldn't tell me anything about <laughs> those two. You couldn't say anything bad about those two. But like I said, it was the it was the showmanship. It was the artistry behind it. You have to look at 
the music videos itself, I think, played into me really love it. It was the visuals behind okay. it. They put they put an effort behind it. It they were upbeat, you know, and uh, Michael Jackson was showing a little bit of, you know, a bass. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, you know, um, and he was changing a little bit. I mean, as far as like his his song, his music, right. um, choices that he was going after. But you know, those were the right. two, all right, and bad. So and, I've, ne- I've never yeah. heard "All Right," so I'm gonna have to listen to that when I get a chance. I might do that when I might do that. Yeah, when I do my Saturday cleaning. Yeah, she had like a Cab Calloway in the music video. So it it just look look at the music video, and then you'll see why I probably leaned towards that. But like I said, it was just the the showmanship, the entertainment behind all of that. Those were the two songs that I that really stood out to me. In my childhood. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I love bad. Like that was my favorite yeah. song as a kid. Like it was. <laughs> right. Like as a kid, I thought I was Michael Jackson. I really did. Like nobody could tell me that I was. <laughs> I think everybody thought that girl <laughs> yeah. or boy. We just yeah. we, we were yeah. just Michael Jackson. It it didn't matter. So um and then to come to find out, Martin Scorsese mm-hmm. did the visual for that. So I was like, this is a whole movie. So that's like I said, okay. it, all of that just pulled me in and I just remember that um because I'm a visual person as well so, oh yeah. yeah you you did uh camera work too as mm-hmm. another one of your hats yeah and I did I did you got a you got a lot of hats um <laughs> bad though like oh bad, that, bad that was, was that? My, it was like I'm seeing myself as a kid right now um trying to moonwalk of course i can do it now but back then i, was I, so I couldn't do none of that I, but i had those michael jackson la gear i didn't have those i had the, i had those you couldn't tell me anything i'm kind of jealous i didn't so, have those you know, i had la gears but i didn't have the michael with jackson. the little rhinestones on them i was like what this matches his outfit so yeah yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why I didn't have them because they had rhinestones, and I don't think my dad was with that. Probably, yeah, he not, probably, not yeah, no he probably went up. <laughs> not, even, not even for if, me. Look, even if Michael Jackson was rocking it, he, nah, he probably didn't. No, nah, he would. Yeah. He was not. He didn't really. He liked <laughs> Prince's music, but he didn't. I he wouldn't. So <laughs> he wasn't gonna let you walk out the house with some boots. <laughs> oh no, never. Like, I and I was already a weird kid because I thought I was a superhero all the time. So that's not he wasn't gonna. With that. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely called a superhero now, um, and I get it. Mm-hmm. But, but as mm-hmm. a kid, yeah, my my mom was was concerned, but oh wait, she, <laughs> she gets it now. You um, all right? You you turned out great. No, but those you, two, those two, all right and bad by the uh, brother and sister team, Michael and Janet. Yeah, can't go wrong there. I'm writing that down because I'm gonna definitely listen to that mm-hmm. on a. Uh, on the streaming service that I got, I'm not going to say the name because okay, no. they're not they're not paying they're not for paying this. you no yeah so I mean they can but now if they want to send you a commercial that you want to insert into this podcast by all means that would be dope um, mm-hmm. that means I would have direct ties to no I wouldn't because he sold it dang that sucks he doesn't own it anymore he sold or he has a minority ownership in it. Mm. But I'd still have a tie to him some kind of way, so it might be dope. Um, but uh, but anyway, so all right and bad. As soon as you said brother and sister, yeah, I don't know why you, I immediately already... I knew it was Michael and Janet, but I immediately thought Scream. No, because that was a little later. It was that was it a was. little later for me. So 
Yeah. I mean, Scream. I like I like Scream. Yeah, it, it was Scream, that, was, uh... Scream was dope. Yeah. It made me want to get an Atari. <laughs> I definitely Atari. it did because they were sitting there. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, they were playing it. Yeah. Yeah, I was but like, they... I'm like, Mama, what is that? Oh, that's that's an Atari. That was uh, Mm-mm. that was my first video game system. I was like, I don't like it, but I want it because they got it. Like that's that's how I felt. I was like, whatever video game they had, I wanted it. I think at that point I was just excited that both of them we were witnessing both of them visually being great together. Right, right. That's that's all that meant to me. Um yeah. with Scream. So yeah, but that was a little later in my life. Yeah. That. Yeah, I was uh almost a teenager at that time. Mm. So mm-hmm. so I guess uh RIP to the king of pop. Yes. Um so Speaking of teenage years, what is your song from from that? You know what? You got you <laughs> got this, two songs too. No, no. <laughs> I chose Tupac. I ain't mad at you. And I'm gonna tell you why. Yo, because that is my favorite Pac song. That was his last song. And my last memory of him, and I was a super fan. You couldn't Pac could do no wrong, right? Um, it was the last, I believe, release that he had prior to his death, prior to him being killed. If and correct me mm. if I'm wrong, but I, I just I gotta think, think like, about that. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but that song it just stuck out to me because it just after he was murdered. That is what just sat with me, and and that was my teenage years. Yeah, cause um, the night that he di- or the day that he died, I guess it was the same day. I remember where I was at. I remember I was, where I was too. Yeah. I was in my parents' living room, mm-hmm. and they played the video, mm-hmm. and it was just ironic that 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 he died in the video, mm-hmm. almost the exact same exact way. same way. Almost. I was, and it was I was the like eeriest thing. Yeah, yeah I was like that's creepy. I was like, uh. I don't know, but that but that song to me, in my teenage years, that just stuck out, and it be it's because I was I'm yeah like I'm speaking in past tense. I'm still a Pac fan. Oh yeah, um, definitely still a Pac fan. Yeah, but that that was my go to rapper, and I think he and LL Cool J were the only two people that my mama would allow, as far as rap artists, to be mm-hmm. played in a house. Um. And the only re- and what only swayed my mama to for me to play Pac was I played Dear Mama for her, mm, and okay. she saw and she saw his depth, like he can go from one end to the other. And I was like, Mama, yeah. you gotta you gotta listen to this, and she got it because I was like, Mama, he's a poet, he's a poet. That's all yeah, I would tell her. Is. And so she was like, All right, if you gonna listen to it, then you know, go ahead. But um, yeah. So she got it at some point. Wow, I, I was see, so into him. I can see that because your mom comes off kind of stern. She, bit. I mean, yeah, no, she, she is. She was like, "We're not playing <laughs> rap music in my house. You're not doing, you know, none of that." But I had to really convince her and sit her down and say, "No, Mama, I need you to listen to him." Mm, that's, you know, that's so. dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pac. Um, so, but see, he had videos to to live and die in L.A. Yeah, but that didn't come out until. Machiavelli was out mm-hmm. so that's why mm-hmm. I was kind of like I'm not sure if yeah but... see I, my timing may be off but I think 
in my teenage years, that song just stuck with me. Yeah. And because of my huge fandom of him and what right. happened to him, I think that's, yeah, that was yeah. my teenage song. Yeah. So did you like, did you see the All Eyes on Me movie? I'm, I'm quite sure you I did. did. I did. I did. What did you think? Um, They tried. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They tried. That's all I'm yeah. going to say about that. You know? Yeah. Um. Well, I, I'll say some stuff. I don't care. Um, <laughs> the guy that played Pac was dope. Um, no, he is, and he is. He is. I've seen him in some other things as well. My problem is I wish they would have did it the way they did um, Jamal Woodford, the dude Gravy. He's an actual rapper. Mm-hmm. I wish they would have got somebody that was an actual rapper that did mm-hmm. the songs because you could tell that yeah. he was just... I was like... I don't like the movie now. Like when it got to that part, I was like, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't too much like this. Like they kind of, it, it felt like they kind of rushed it. And I mean, yeah, he, he looked like Pac and he might, I mean, actors can, if you teach them, they can do it. Yeah. You can, if you um can pick up on somebody's mannerisms. Right. Um, You can get, Lost. Like I always credit actors who make me forget that it's this person. So like Denzel as Malcolm X, yeah, doesn't make yeah. sense. But I mean, as far as looks go, right? Yeah, right. But because he got so into that role, I forgot what what Malcolm looked like. I he was just, he just became he became Malcolm. Yeah, yeah. So if you can do that, then I, yeah, kudos to you. But yeah, to your point, back to all eyes on me, I was, I was like, yeah, he looks like him. But that ain't pop. But that didn't, no. That ain't pop. Now, maybe if they took the performances out, but then again, yeah. you don't, you can't yeah. really do the you, movie You can't do it without the having right. without the, the performances and the music. Right. Yeah. Now, Notorious, you couldn't tell me that wasn't Biggie because yeah. he played it and mm-hmm. and Atari she played Lil Kim mm-hmm. like she played that perfect like everybody sure in there I'd say except for Derek Luke I didn't too much you like had to see Derek Diddy. Luke as Diddy I was like yeah, that, no that was that was odd I mean Derek Luke's a good actor but he can't as Diddy, Diddy. No, no no cause he don't he does his I don't know of course I don't know him personally but his personality doesn't come off as this Mm-mm. bravado type guy and he made Diddy seem very caring. Uh, yeah. It, it just it was it was a different vibe. Yeah, and and, Diddy. I, yeah. and not to say Diddy doesn't care about folks. <laughs> but it's <laughs> but it's Diddy. Like you walk Especially during that in, time frame. Especially right. during that di- time frame. It was a yeah. different Diddy or Puff Daddy. Yeah, I was in this say, case, it right? Was Puff Daddy, it was Puff Diddy. Daddy, and it was a different energy. And to me, Derek Luke just didn't bring Puff Daddy to the screen. Right. Now he was definitely Antoine Fisher. Oh yeah. He wasn't Diddy or Puff Daddy. He was not him. Yeah. But he was Antoine. Everything else he's been in, he's mm-hmm. he's been to that. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't see him. But you know what? He wasn't in the movie too much though either. Mm-mm. So I guess that's maybe those carefree moments were Diddy at the time, but 
it mm. could have been. And then sometimes it's kind of hard playing somebody who's still alive. That's you know it. what I mean? Yeah. And you kind of be like, Ugh. they really could have used Diddy. Maybe. But Diddy was behind the movie too, so maybe he didn't want to do it. He probably didn't want to step in. Right, right. Because didn't they choose? Didn't he choose who had to play him? I thought they did. I thought he did. I'm not sure, but I can see him being somebody who was making that decision. Yeah, because it's it's Diddy. So. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's that's all. Diddy. That's all that needs to be said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Heck, my my old manager used to call me Diddy. I hated it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't come off as that though. And I then I started, that. I started looking at myself. The way I talked to to like other artists when they would let me listen to music and I would mm-hmm. critique it, he'd be like, "Man, you ain't nobody. You just my artist." I'm like, "But they asked. What yeah. do you mean?" And he said, "You ain't Diddy." And I was like. Uh... And when he said that, it stuck. So I kept, I made a lyric, and now everybody calls me Diddy. And I'm like, oh man, I shouldn't have did that. But yeah, it's, it's one of my nicknames. Like everybody from West End, they're like, it's Diddy, it's Dawes Diddy. I'm like, oh man. Uh, I'm like, I let that stick. Yeah. It's I don't cool. see it. I don't see it. Not now. Um, okay. Definitely, definitely not now. But um, after a while, I did kind of have a big head, and I hated that I did, but I mean, I had to play a character, which I'm learning that all artists do that at mm-hmm. first. So I was I was in the right, but I was in the wrong, because we had no money. We were just doing this. Yeah. So, um, so now I got to ask, what is your favorite Tupac song? Mm. And you probably got a lot. You know what? I like the... The introspective Pac or, or it, unconditional so, love. I like unconditional love. Okay, so pre death um, row Pac. Pre death row, yeah. I just, uh, yeah. For some reason, I just think he was he was just influenced into once he hit death row. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you know he was about to leave, and we were going and we were going to get that back. You know what I mean? Um. But yeah, I mean, but his death row songs. I mean, if I if I'm feeling gangster, I play it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's upbeat. It, it right. I, I'll do that. But yeah, something like unconditional love. It that sticks with me. You know, things of that nature. So, so I started yeah. listening to Death Row Pop first. Mm, okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> mm, okay. So um, dang. So pretty much the entire All Eyes on Me album is my favorite. Gotcha. Um, I can see that. But Me Against the World, which Me Against the World is that is my yeah that is is what I will pull from. Yeah, I I, I can see that. I like Me Against the World. That's what I will pull. I from. was like, damn, I wish he would have stayed with this, cause. But I get it. He was trying to get out of his contract. Yeah. And I get that. Yeah. Um. And in mm-hmm. hindsight, maybe if he did the five years, he might still be here. I think so. Because he definitely, I I definitely think being with uh, Suge is what turned him into um, what he became. He started believing the hype. Yeah. And when you start believing the hype, that's when it gets dangerous. Because at the end of the day, you out on the West Coast dealing with people who don't care about the music industry. Right. That's right. 
And so when you you start believing, oh, I'm 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 this, and I and you have this this macho thing going on, and you're presenting that to everybody, and you have some beef with somebody, they don't care about that. They didn't care no. about who he was. Especially on the West Coast, they don't care. So when they when so when they had the chance, it was like this is the answer to what you you put out there. Yeah. But I'll tell you this, I was hurt. Yeah. I um, was hurt. How old you know? was I? I think I was let's see, he died in ninety six. Mm-hmm. So nope, I ni- was, uh, no, wait. Was it ninety three? I think it was ninety three. Look, I look, I don't even know my history. Um, my pop history, but it was ninety six because Biggie okay, died. Biggie, in, Biggie in, died in ninety seven. Okay, because he died. They died months apart from each other. That's like, what it was. Biggie was March, and Pac was September, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think so. So I was twelve. Mm. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, most of my music was all R and B as a kid. Just about. Yeah. <clears throat> um. But Pac, it didn't. It hurt, but it didn't hurt me that much. Um, but what did hurt was Nipsey. Mm. It felt like that. Because I had really just started getting into Nipsey. Yeah. And a lot of people compared it to the deaths. They, they were similar in the impact of how it hurt a lot yeah. of people. Yep. And so, like, Nipsey was, like, like I listened to a podcast with, with Wiz. And mm. Wiz was like, Nipsey was my partner. And I was like, yeah, mm. that's how that felt. Like, it felt like I didn't listen to a Nipsey album for like a good month because yeah. I, I couldn't. I was it was like, just too hard. Yeah, it was hard. And especially like I deal with depression from time to time. So when I would yeah. get depressed, I would listen to Nipsey because he's got uplifting songs. Yep. And so I would play those songs and I'm like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And. Hearing his voice, I was like, man, this sucks. Like, like, damn, he's supposed to still be here. He was doing something good for mm-hmm. his community. Mm-hmm. And um, we can't say, well, we don't know if Pac would have did something good for his community because he was taken very young. He was oh, yeah. 25. And, I mean, if he would have gotten out of the death row contract, then he probably would have done good things for the community. I mean, he talked about it. So I believe he would have he would have done it. What's crazy is Snoop was a part of both. Both of them, right? Like, a matter of fact, if I don't know if the movie is technically correct, but I'm wondering how that would have turned out if Snoop did go to the fight that night. Like, yeah. would he even be here? That's the thing. That's crazy. Yeah, like, I didn't think, and I actually, that just popped up in my head as we were talking about it. I was like, damn, Snoop was supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. How would that have turned out? We don't know. So, I will tell you though, with Snoop, he has made uh, like a complete 180 from when he first started yeah. to, what, <laughs> yeah. to what he is now. Yeah. Um, I'm proud of him. Yeah, he, he had to. Yeah, but I'm proud of him. Everything yes. he's been able to accomplish. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I listen to old Snoop and Mm-hmm. People don't really realize that he could rap. I'd be like, no, he can rap. Like, damn, yeah, yeah he I'm slept saying on. could. I'm yeah, saying he, could. He like, he still on. can't. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he can go. He can mm-hmm. still go. 
because he's got a song on um, the Compton album, and he killed it. I was like, that's Snoop? Mm. It was like, I should have known that, but that's really Snoop. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, like yeah, yeah, Snoop he can always. go. Yeah, he, he can go. Always. He can go. So now I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Since mm-hmm. I asked you about your favorite Pac song, what is your favorite Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson song? Mm. You know what, though? Um, Michael Jackson song. It's hard because it's it. It's Mike. I can't pick one. I can't right. pick one. I'm a fan of of all of it. His ballads, his uh-huh. up tempo stuff, his rock set. Like he, he, I don't have one. You you throw on a Michael Jackson song right now, and I'm I'm belting it out. And the, and the same thing for me, it, it applies to Janet as well. Mm. And like I said, it just may be a, a fandom thing. I'm just a fanatic of both of them. So I don't have a particular song that I would say is absolutely my favorite for either one of them. Yeah, Janet is uh Janet and Mike. They they're dope. Yeah, you know, it's just across the board. So yeah. it I I'd say anything that they put out, I've I'm a fan of it. What's they can do no wrong. What's crazy is um Mike's death is the year I started DJing. I just thought mm. about that. That's the year I started DJing. So as a DJ, and I took his death hard too. Um yeah. I played Mike's music in the club for about a good 30, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this is crazy. This dude was that talented. Yeah. And gone. Like that was my thought. But I was like, but I'm gonna rock these songs though. And uh, we had performances that night too, and every artist came up and um they did a tribute to Mike. I thought it was dope. That's good. So um, yeah, I actually um, I got a CD with a, a Dirty Diana remake, <laughs> and I can't find it. Like it's it's upsetting because it's an instrumental that ah, um, yeah. that Poncho Rucker. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he mm-hmm. um he made the beat and he gave me the CD. Was like, here, man, I I think you'll like these. And yeah, I oh, wish man. I could find that CD because I I was gonna rap over majority of them, not all of them, because. I can't do everything, but that one, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this one. And you said it was Dirty Diana? Yep. He remade it. Mm. He put drum synths and everything on it, and I just cannot find it. Mm. CD was scratched up, but still, I wanted to do that. And I might have it on my hard drive somewhere. I might look. Yeah, I'm going to definitely find it. Because, I mean, the box of CDs is at my mom's house. Um, So I really just need to go get over there and get it and... Mm. they've been sitting in a box for two years so I, I just need to go get get my stuff I just need to stop being lazy and go get my stuff that's really all it go is. get it man go get it yeah it's sad because it. she's literally 15 minutes from me I just I don't know it just right I know I know what you're thinking you can go ahead and say it it's 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 terrible it's sad yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go get it though I'm gonna go get it please do um, um <laughs> but I'm a fast forward Mm-hmm. Um, so what would be a song from your early adult years? Early adult, let's see. Don't judge me, but it is Kanye West and it was through the wire. Oh, and, that's, and I'm a, and that's my song. 
it's because I think at that time there really wasn't anybody putting anything out there like that. And when it came on, and I first heard it on the radio. Right, me too. And I was like, wait, what? And it yeah. was just what he did. And I was like, yeah. hold on. And you, you know, and you, you had that high pitch tune, and you, it's something yeah. that you recognize because your parents yeah. have played it, right? Yeah. And then you're listening to this, this guy just rap over, it, and it, and for whatever reason, it just it, it resonated with me. Yeah. And the whole and the whole album. It, it just, his, was college drama. His, I was like, that's come his on dopest now. project. That is his dopest project. Yeah, and I, and I would agree with you on that one. I got to give that credit. At first, I used to think because every album he put out up until, well, even Life of Pablo was dope. That Yay album was not all that great. Mm-hmm. Um, but every album he put out, he advanced. So I would be like, no, nah, mm-hmm. College Dropout is good, but Late Registration is better. Mm-hmm. And then I then I hear Graduation. I'm like, no, nah, Graduation yeah, is can. better. And then I'm like, you know what? College Dropout is better because that was... To me, I believe he was that hungry. Was, yeah, that was him being pure. That was exactly that's the perfect word to use being pure and then the song through the wire anybody who's overcoming anything right and taking you through what it is that they went through i just like seeing people win that's that's always been my thing and so like i said and the way he put it together the way he was rhyming it just sat well with me so that's that's what immediately came to my mind when you asked that yeah 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 my my pops likes that Kanye. I think we and, all like that Kanye. And he he didn't listen to any rap music. Like he's a jazz mm. guy. But when mm. I said, Dad, I think you'll like this Kanye. And he listened to it and he was like, damn, this is good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, through the wire, that that whole album, every it's a song on there for every, everybody. It is. It is. Like, what was that, 2004? 2003, 2004, I was, a, yeah. I was a senior at Cardinal Ritter mm. and a relative of mine had passed away. And um, I was with AG at the time. I got to give my, my brother, Alan Gates, mm-hmm. a yeah. shout out. Uh, we were together. We were coming from, I think we were, we used to go to the Y, the YMCA on page and hoop all the time. Well, he would work out. I would hoop. I didn't like working out back then. I like it now. But <laughs> but um, I would go play ball. And um, there's a song on there, Family Business. That's the name of it. Yeah. And um, I played yep. that. And I played it over and over. Yeah. Because it, it helped me get through the death of a family member. I was like, damn, that, mm-hmm. that sucks. So I played that over and over. Um, but yeah, that album... Through the wire, um, I actually the first Kanye song I heard, well, that I heard that he was on was um that Champions on the uh yeah. the Dream Team. That was the first time yeah. I heard him. Cause I mean I had Blueprint 2, but I didn't really pay attention to a lot of the songs on Blueprint 2 back then. I just thought it was too much. Um <laughs> but me being a J it was, but me being a Jay-Z fan, I still okay. listen to it. Okay. Be, just for that that simple fact. But Champions. And when he came on there, that was like there's two friends of mine, um, Mike Jones and Raymond Brown. That was our song junior year, mm-hmm. just because Kanye and then the rest of the Rockefeller roster. Yeah, they killed that entire track. Yep. 
and it just sucks that they're not together anymore as a team. Um, but that track, yeah, Kanye, um, Kanye did his thing on that. Oh, he did. He did. Like his you thing. said, he was at at his purest, and I yeah. think he was he had a point to prove that he could rap. Yeah, he could stand alone. He wasn't just a producer, right? And he had a story to tell, and um, he was hungry. Like I think those are all of the ingredients that any artist needs um, to put out a, a dope project. Yeah, I mean you got to be talented too, but yeah, but the, but but the thing is, it's like he had all of that, and he drew all of us in. Yeah, and I I I could uh, relate to it because. Truthfully, I didn't want to go to college. I did not. I was like, well, see, and here I am, early adulthood, and I'm in college, right? Right. And I'm like, why am I here? You start questioning yes. stuff. <laughs> yeah, I You're was like, like, wait a minute. You know, I, I, right. I get it. You know, that was like a light bulb that went off. And I'm like, you telling me that I'm sitting up here in these classes? And, you know, and, and even the skits on the, uh, <laughs> on, on uh, the whole project. Right. It made you think you were like, oh, yeah. Well, maybe I, I, yeah, I got all these degrees, and then what can I do with them? You know. And yeah. so I just think he tapped into a market to where it pulled at you, and you were like, dang, he's really speaking to me. Yeah. And yeah. so that's that's why. But that particular song was my introduction to him as as a rap artist but yeah. it just it still sat with me though it's it still pulled me in and it's timeless and it's timeless like i can go back and listen to them like oh that oh yay yep that's what i'm listening to i'm not listening to anything no but like i said <laughs> as as an artist i respect that album right and i will continue to play that album because that has so many um memories for me it pulls up so many memories yeah like that was um i was in a group at that time and that's what we were listening to the uh the five of us the mm-hmm. that's what we were listening to um was that kanye um yeah because one of the members he would get his i think that was his father's suv maybe i can't remember yeah. he drove different cars all the time but um, but that's what we would listen to. He pulled up and he was playing it. I was like, "Yo, Skull, what is this?" Mm. He said, "Oh, this is the new Kanye." Mm. I was like, "Oh, it's out!" I'm like, "Oh man!" Like I was excited mm-hmm. because I knew he was gonna come with a project that hadn't been put out in a long time. Like up until that point, um, because while I like Jay Z, my music was Lil John. Like that was okay. Like I was the crunk person. Like that was yeah. my thing. Um, Lil John, Three Six Mafia, like I still listen to All No Limit, and I still listen to them now. <laughs> but, I but mean. yeah, around that time, that's that's what I, because I was a clubber, and mm-hmm. we had high school fraternity, so I was in one of them. So we were listening to all of that. But I still liked my Jay Z. I still liked my Nas. But for me, like traditional hip hop wasn't really spotlighted like that. I got you. And so when I heard college dropout i was like yeah it's coming back the game's about to change Mm -hmm. and sure enough it did because wayne put the carter out yeah 
But then he put the Carter two out and it was completely different than anything he had ever done. Yep. And I was like, that college dropout album set the pace up until I want to say 2008, nine ish. Mm-hmm. Cause even with the snap music, you still had your hip hop. You still had some hip hop in there. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. 2008, nine-ish is when the club scene really started to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Kendrick. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's really all you got to say. That's yeah, all just, you have to say. It's just that, Kendrick. Kendrick. Yeah, just Kendrick. Um, once he came out, everybody was like, yeah, we got to get back. And I mean, even now um, with the music today, like, I didn't, it was, it's a lot of artists that I didn't like at first. Um, but now I listen to them almost every day and people Mm. laugh. I'm like, but if you like actually listen to it, they're just rapping about actual stuff that they are doing. And that's when I look, when I look for artists, that's kind of what I I look for. I look for what you're talking about. I mean, yeah, I don't like all drill music, but to me, Lil Dark is pretty good. Um, I wasn't a fan of Lil Baby at first, and I got a Facebook status that said, damn, this is what music is turning into. Wham, wham, wham. I'm the baby. <laughs> now, I'm like, you know what? He ain't bad. And I think it took J. Cole to, to put work. A, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. To put the stamp. And now when I listen to Lil Baby, he's got songs with Cole, mm-hmm. um, Lil Wayne, of course. Wayne works with everybody. Um He's got a song with Joyner Lucas, which is actually mm-hmm. probably my favorite song right now, is that song. Because his verse, in my opinion, was better than Joyner Lucas's. It's called Ramen and OJ. And that song made me think about when I was in college at Rankin, and that's what I ate was ramen, and I drank OJ. I mean, who so, didn't, right, though? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> but I mean, even with my meal plan on the weekends, I'd be like, man, you were still? <laughs> yeah, I, I got to eat something. Because the... Cause I went to Rankin and the dorm didn't have um, cafeteria open on the mm-hmm. weekends. So I had to figure something out. Although I really could have just went home and ate there. I was just thinking that. I was like, <laughs> dude, you right there. around the corner and you, yeah, you could have gone had, home. But I had a, so I had a point to prove to myself okay. and to, to my family. Cause at that time they didn't, they, they were supportive of me, but, there were certain aspects. There were things that I was doing. They were like, we're not sure if you're going to make it on your own. We would like you to, but mm-hmm. the way you spend money, um, you got to have a game plan. We need you to do this. We need you to do that. And they were right. Um, but at the yeah. time, mid-20s, I ain't thinking that. I'm like, oh, I'm going to well, prove you wrong. none of us are. Right. So, but now I'm like, damn, they, uh, what they were really doing was something I should have used in everything, which I use now, but... Um, they were really just trying to poke that button that made me say, let me go ahead and get my stuff, myself together. And that's, that's pretty much what I did. And now they tell me all the time, we, we proud of you. You actually did listen to what we were saying. And and I did, I just didn't hear it then. Yeah. I was more focused on, on other things. I had a girlfriend, I was doing music and I was working. I was like, nobody could tell me anything now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they, like, they, ah, they, it was true. I, yeah, it was. Ah, it was. It yeah. was definitely true. Yeah, definitely true. Um, so with that being said, what about your song for your current adult years? My current adult years. Yeah. 
has me turning to the past. Um, so you're going to hear me listening to mostly R&B music from the 90s. And a lot of it is coming from uh, movie soundtracks. It's funny. I'm laughing because I do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, that's what I have elected to download or play or whatever. Like, it can be something from, you know, Above the Rim, or it can be from Jason's Lyric, uh, Boomerang, you know, and just on top of all of that great R&B music from the 90s anyway. Right. I'm, I'm going back to that. And it's not, I really don't, I do I know of the artists now? Yes. Have I listened to some of their music just to stay on top of like, what's hot now yeah right but that's not my music of choice so it really isn't a song it's just that genre it's just that genre and that time period you can insert any song from there and that is what i'm listening to that's something if i feel like so let me ask you this so when you were younger and your parent you were in a car with your parents and they Mm -hmm. listened to the music from their life their time i shouldn't say their life because that just sounds like they're not here so from their time period, um, mm-hmm. when they listened to it, were you the one that ever said, I'm not going to listen to this when I get older, I'm going to listen to what I'm listening to now? Or did you love it back then too? No, surprisingly, I loved it back then. Okay. Like you, I have this thing where like, I know a hit is a hit. I know when a I'm good kinda, song is a good song. I'm kind of the same. So even back then growing up and listening to it then I was like oh yeah this is a jam you know some of the songs I shouldn't have been listening to at that age (laughs) mind you but it's still music that can be listened to today and I think that's why I continue to go back to that time frame and just constantly pull music from there you know even your even your one hit wonders yeah I I still I still can pull from that so I I don't listen to anything that's currently out now. Right. Um, I've I've chosen to live in the nineties. <laughs> I'm I'm honestly <laughs> like that's crazy because so for me when I was younger, I did like nineties R and B. Um, but as I got older, mm-hmm. I I fell in love with rap. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm finding myself like I'm at work. And I will listen to Stevie, Luther, yeah. Earth, Wind and Fire, uh, Frankie, Beverly, and Maze. Look, that's why like, I chimed in on your posts. You'd be like, we, uh, yeah. this or that, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm like, this song is better than that one, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I was like, this is crazy. Like, And that's the stuff that I'm listening to at work now. I'm not listening to Jodeci or Trey Songs or none of those guys at work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have from time to time, but... Usually when I make those posts, I have literally just listened to that song at work yeah. or the song pops up in my head. Like, like I'm learning that because I'm a musician. Um, mm-hmm. So I will wake up with a song in my head and that's what I play when I get in the car. And then when I get to work, I will play that exact same song. And then the streaming app I use, it just plays everything that's similar to that song. Similar to that artist right. or song. Mm-hmm. Right. It's almost like Pandora, but it's really not Pandora. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I will listen to all of that. And yeah, like the 90s in general was a good time for music. Like like people like the 90s and I say 2000 up to 2007. 
because mm. that's when graduation mm. and that's when 50 and Curtis, 50 and Curtis, 50 and Kanye <laughs> had their, yeah. uh, they had their, um, which album's going to sell the most yeah. ordeal. And I mean, I knew 50 was going to lose, but I was a 50 cent fan then. So you mm. couldn't tell me that he wasn't going to lose, but, and I mean, I'm still a 50 fan, but yeah. No, I get yeah. it. I get it. Like I, I was just thinking about, it. I was like, wait, my first concert was, um, Michael Jackson, my the Bush, second, the Bush Stadium one. The uh, it was the um, at the uh, it was at the Checker Dome. Okay, it okay. was there, and so oh, man. that was my very first concert. Okay, and then my <laughs> my second one was Janet, but she had gotten sick, mm. and she didn't come back. But okay. later on, my third concert was Luther Vandross and In Vogue, I've opening heard. up for them. I've heard stories about and that. but that just tells you at that time I, I asked my mama to go like I want to go see Luther and here I am yeah. 10 years old requesting wow. to go see Luther Vandross and in Vogue so that wow. just tells you right the, the type of um, talent that I was drawn to and the music that I was listening to at that time and that's why I currently listen to that music now okay it just takes me back to a place where it, it reminds me of my childhood but also it reminds me of just great talented artists that we just don't have anymore. Am yeah, we we don't. I mean, we got some talented artists out there. We but... have some talented artists, but the the industry or for whatever reason just isn't pushing them to the forefront like they used to. Right. Um, so yeah, now it's we have to discover these people on our own. Yeah. Um, yeah. as opposed to the big machine saying, "Hey, this is what you're going to listen to." But right. Um, yeah. But that's that's what I'm on the '90s. I think it's like that because it's at our fingertips already. Yeah, it, it, it's so many ways yeah. to get get you out. That's true. To, to the point to where you don't have to like they don't have to tell you what to look for. Like mm-hmm. it's so many music videos that I didn't even know was out. Like um, Rick Ross, Nipsey, and Staley did a music video to um mm-hmm. i can't think of the name of that song um but mm. nipsey does the chorus to it i didn't even know it was a video made for it and that's another thing like you could just make a video at the drop of a hat and then upload it and there it is yep. like like the big budget companies are no longer really needed i mean money of course I mean, is needed but like i wish all of this was out back when i was like really coming up because I probably yeah. yeah like like if all of this was out back then oh yeah because when they first started doing digital streaming like you had to pay like ten dollars a song on Def Jam's uh, thing <laughs> I know right it was some crazy amount I was, like, Wait, yeah I, I was like damn like, like so if I do five songs it's fifty if I do a hundred or if I do twenty songs which I was one of those artists that wanted to do a 20 song album. Now I'm looking back at that. Like, why didn't I just take my five best and put those out? Mm-hmm. I'm like, that made no sense. But my manager at the time, he was like, I need an album. I need an album. Well now. And I think the, um, the good, the second good Fridays, which was two years ago. Um, and that's when Kanye was just putting out good music projects every mm-hmm. Friday. Um, that's when I was like, damn, I could have just did seven songs instead yeah. of instead of twenty. Like my first album was twenty. They all sucked. 
but I had five good ones on there. And those were the five songs I always performed. If I'd have just had those five songs, would have been fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now it's, it's easier. Like you could just <laughs> sign up for whatever service and pay the monthly fee and bam, or you can go to SoundCloud. Like I have a project on SoundCloud right now and I just uploaded it for free. Hmm. But back then, 10 15 maybe 20 dollars a song mm-hmm. i was like wow but, but yeah. those were the times though yeah those were the and, times and cds were still a thing yeah and you know and as technology changes and gets better it's allowing you know new doors to be opened and new opportunities right to be uh capitalized on so that that's all you're seeing yeah that's you know? that's something Yep. Technology. You can be a filmmaker with an iPhone. I've thought about that too. Um, I'm just saying, I... <laughs> but I'm just saying that that's to the level of, of, of technology that we've gotten to. Yeah. I miss the old days. <laughs> I do. Because <laughs> now I don't even have to go to a friend's house to play the game. I can just get online. And nope, play. you get online and uh, put your headphones on, talk smack yep. like you would normally do if you were at their house. Yeah, although I, I can't talk while I'm playing, like I have to concentrate. Like, oh, okay. Like me and yeah. me and uh me and Alan were in a Madden league with friends, and we were talking, and he was distracting me, but the conversation <laughs> was good. And then it started getting quiet, um, and so I came back and won the game in like triple overtime or something. Mm. <laughs> and people that watched it, like you could see the chat, like everybody was so excited, like. How did this happen? And and Alan didn't talk for a good thirty minutes. I was like, oh, man, I'm like, you there? Hello? Like, I'm like, oh, you know man. what? I'm gonna just put the controller down and and walk away. But yeah, technology is is crazy. Mm-hmm. Technology um, has changed the game, but it's it's good and bad. But it's a lot good. A lot of it's good. Yes. Um. So. Of course, my my door time would do that. <laughs> anyway, so I'm at the finish. Um, so I got just a couple of questions. Yeah. Um, so what's one thing you want to do before your time is up in this world? You know what? I've always wanted to be in a position to help people out of my community financially. Mm. And what I've always wanted to do, um, growing up, I was afforded the opportunity to travel everywhere. My mama was a flight attendant back when flying was fun. So it was nothing for me to hop on a plane with her while she's working and just go. Okay. But I always knew where I came from in a certain part of our group in North City. And a lot of my neighbors in the neighborhood, kids didn't have that same opportunity. So I always said at some point, I want to create some program that allows me to take inner city youth around the world. I want somebody to be able to venture beyond their city or venture beyond the United States and go see something that's different from their backyard. That's, that's dope. So that's I, what I want to do before my time is up. I think you can. I think you, yeah. you can definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even if I can only take two or three in the beginning, right? And then it grows over time. But that's always been something that I've always always wanted to do. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so what's one thing you wish you would have done in the past? Mm. Knowing what I know now, anything involving investment in stock or crypto. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think I should have listened a little better. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I did too. um, That's something that I've, I'm kind of beating myself up now, but you know, had I started when I was 19 and then reached this point now that I, I think I would have been well off, but um, yeah. yeah, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And you know, so yes, it would be investment. Yeah. Cause I don't think the schools really teach you that in high school. Well, that's you intentional know? financial literacy or lack thereof, that's intentional. Because if everyone knew how to get a piece of the pie, then guess what? You can't control anyone. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. So yes, financial literacy is something that we need in schools. Yeah, that, or just like basic life skill courses that they don't really have anymore. Yeah. Like my school didn't have home ec, but I mean, we all taught each other how to cook. Or mm-hmm. we all, like our parents really just taught us how to cook. That's just kind of the backgrounds we all came from. Uh, my yeah. school was really family oriented. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much how that went. Um, but like stuff like investing, balancing a checkbook, why you shouldn't go over your credit card limit. Stuff yeah, exactly. Like Keep it under thirty percent right. usage. Yeah, it's it's a lot of the stuff that we don't learn until we get older, and we're deep in it. Right. And like, and you're like, oh wait, I could have done this, you know. So, no, I I just think going back, I just wish I probably had invested, or was really had a better understanding of the the stock market. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay, so out of the four time periods that we just discussed, mm-hmm. uh, which one is your favorite? I think I know the answer, but I'm I'm still asking. <laughs> I'm gonna go with early years. Is it early okay. years? Yeah, um, child, yeah, childhood, early years. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that's when you're your most innocent. Your um, your outlook on life is, you know, what it is. You 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 don't know much but you know you're in a, in a happy space for the most part and for me that's I was in a happy space with good music right good upbringing I was raised by a village you know um so yeah that's what I would prefer see I, I, back to. I guess I was kind of right um I just kind of guessed 90s because you said you like that music yeah um, yeah but me just I, I would just say early childhood that that would be mm-hmm. okay yeah. um well do you have any shout outs you want to um give out yeah shout out to you Doss, <laughs> for doing your thing thanks, you know no thanks. seriously like i like i mentioned um at the start i've seen you grow and um and i've seen you venture off to a lot of things and you've been doing very well for yourself so shout out to you Thanks. And um, you know, and shout out to anybody who is going after what wanting to go after. 
I always give kudos to people for doing that. You know, face your fear, whatever it is. If it's in your heart to do it, it's meant for you to do it. Appreciate that. I do. Because mm-hmm. um, I was definitely talking about doing this uh, maybe a year or two ago. I wanted to do it mm-hmm. with friends at first. Um, yeah. And then they just kind of were taking their time with it. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, one of my favorite artists, um, I see where I got the idea of just going to get it, um, Cameron. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I listened to a drink champs episode earlier ah. and, um, he was on there and he was talking about how he came into the game of music and how he just wasn't, he was just like, I went through this situation here and then I went through the same thing here. And then I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm not, I'm not about to sit around anymore. I'm going to just go get it. And that's, that's pretty much where the thought came from. Cause, um, even with the project I put out. Um, I was actually supposed to put it out months before and I waited um, because I told a friend of mine I was going to put something out, but I would let him get his out first because he put a project Mm. out and another friend of ours put a project out like two, three weeks later. And we're all like, why would you do that? Like, why Mm. not promote your friend? And so... I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do the same thing to you. I'll let you get yours out. And then I'll put mine out. Um, And then he hesitated to put it out. So I was Mm, like, well, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and drop the graphic. And then a week later, I'll put it out. And then he put his out. And I was like, (laughs) you know what? I'm going to honor it. And then I'm going to wait. And then I'll put it out. And so I still put it out at the time. Um, I, I guess I put it out at the right time. Um, I just wanted to go ahead and let him get his project out. Um, and it's a respect thing. And I respect that. And I respect that you are being respective, you know, or respectful of that. But at the end of the day, it comes down to you. Yeah. Um, I'm learning that too, which is why I went on ahead. And instead of doing it with friends, I just mm-hmm. said, I'll just go ahead and do this now. And um, I still get them involved. Um, some kind of way. Yeah, but... you do it as it grows, and and you may see this project evolve, right? Right. And right. it may, and there the formatting may change, and that's all good. The yeah. the the main thing is you got started, regardless of of who's there at the beginning or not. Right. Right. Yeah, I was like, I I just got to get started. Um, Because I was, I wanted to do a whole promotional tour, um, but some things kind of fell through. And I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. And word of mouth, I mean, there's plenty of people that like podcasts. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll just put it out and go from there. As you should. You can't wait on anybody else. Right. That's that's one thing. um, Because I know I asked you that question. If that's one thing I could redo. Um, mm-hmm. my second situation, I waited, which we were supposed to push, uh, a particular group mm-hmm. and then things just kind of fell apart. But I also did my own thing, um, because I started DJing. So mm-hmm. while they were doing that, I was DJing. And at the time we were doing twisted, <clears throat> which I still don't understand what all happened with that. And why we stopped, but mm-hmm. I still had things going that was keeping my name out there. So Exactly. I kind of wish I would have just 
put my stuff out there anyway and just said, hey, whatever happens, happens. I'm not competing with you, but I don't want to sit back and wait because before I got to that situation, I had a big buzz and a big following. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I kind of wish I would have just pushed my projects instead of waiting. Yep. But we live and learn. You live and learn. That is correct. So like I said, whatever's on your heart and this just goes for anybody. That just means you're meant to do it, whether it's, uh, you know, yourself or if it's with a group of people. But right. don't wait on anybody. Time is precious. We don't have it. We do not. OK, um, so whatever is... it is that you want to, to go out there and do. And like I said, this is to anybody listening. Do it. it if you do it by yourself, it may take you a little bit longer, but right. still go down, still go down that journey. <clears throat> With the gems, with the gems, I wish I could snap. You know what? They can hear that with the gems. <laughs> You're silly. You're silly. But uh, no. So I'm proud of you, man. Thank I you. really am. Thank you. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I've been getting a lot of flowers lately. It's it's kind of scary, but I'm learning to appreciate it. Oh, you take it in. Got just, you. Be, just be appreciative of it. People see you. And like I said, you've grown significantly. So by all means, accept those flowers. I am uh, definitely accepting them. I am. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. much as I keep saying I'm a little nervous about it, I'm definitely accepting them. Ner- being nervous is good. It's a good energy. That's good to know. I'm going to keep it's that good in energy. mind. Yeah, it's a good energy. So, Yeah. Well, with that said, I guess I can wrap this up. Um, I appreciate you for joining. Um, this is the first episode, hopefully the first of many. Well, not a hope. It, it's the first of it many. Is We're just going to say many. the first of many. It is the first of many. Um, I got my next guest not officially lined up, but um, I'm going to actually reach out to him. I actually put the bug in his ear. Uh, months ago so i'm gonna let him know that uh he's next and yeah. i'm gonna go from there but uh yeah that's a wrap uh thank you for joining the playlist this is dj doss uh again thanks to miss kasia Steele for joining and uh tune in hope to uh have you on the show again in the future Mark, yeah thank you i'm, I'm very appreciative of this opportunity uh, no problem like i said when i saw your project i was like yeah <laughs> gotta get her on gotta get her on thank now. you so thank no you problem. yes um well thanks i'm gonna go ahead and shut this down i'm not sure how to end this you know what next time i'm gonna do a different format maybe we'll we'll see we'll see you learn live and learn yeah all right <laughs> all right take care you too Bye.